From Stockholm Studios in Bushwick, Brooklyn, this is The LPV Show, a weekly discussion from the world of photography and photo books. Here's your host, Brian Formals. Our guest today is Josh Kessner. Hi, guys. How's it going, man? It's good. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me here. I've been here before. You have not, been here before. Not for the show. But not for the show. Okay. Just for Tom's company. What do you think of our little makeshift studio? It's great. It sounds, uh, sounds good. It's you, you work in the biz, so I mean, how does this compare to some of the, some of the sets you've been on? I've, I wouldn't say I've shot in worse, but I've shot in, <laughs> <laughs> I've shot, I've shot in as small and as cramped for, for certain Viacom jobs. Nice. Oh, <laughs> where, they, where they find a closet for us to, to shoot in. Nice, nice. <laughs> well, I think, I think it gives us a little bit of... Indie, indie style. I don't yeah. know. I like the ambiance. Like the, the brick ambience. wall is good. You guys look like stand-up comedians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. Should we try to be funny? I don't know. I don't, think, I don't think we should ever try. I'm always funny. trying to be funny. But that's my... That's when you're not funny. Oh, thanks, Tom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, we're here with Josh. And Josh, you're a New York native, born in Queens. It's true. Still living in New York? Still living in New York, other than... Actually, never lived outside of New York. Lived in upstate New York, in uh-huh. Rochester, for college, but that was... Let's not talk about that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Darn well, isn't that how you met Tom, though, at RIT? I actually, actually didn't, no. Yeah, we didn't... Really? We didn't meet until no. post-grad. Holy crap. His, yeah. I, was, I was good friends with Tom's eventual roommates, or you guys lived together in college. Right. So I, I, I was at your apartment for parties. I just didn't know you. I didn't know you either. Yeah. And we kind of met the similar way that I met Brian through, you saw a picture I'd taken of you on Flickr, I believe. What? At the uh, party, right? At the party. That's what it was. Yeah, so Tom was friends. Tom's roommates are good friends of mine from college. Uh-huh. They were in the film program with me. And they invited me over to a house party, and Tom was taking, like, Polaroids of everyone at the party oh. and posting them online. And I saw those. I guess through a link that Max or Derek posted or whatever it was. Yeah. And then liked you on Flickr because I had started Flickering at that point. And then we, uh, yeah. So we had, do you have that? Do you still have that picture? I do. Okay, well, you I have a picture of your wife as well. Yeah. yeah. And um, it was when I, that's when I, I started following your photography, what you kind of do every day or like on your way to and from work. Yeah. And I was like, I know this guy, and he can take these like great, great street pictures. And I'm at the time I was kind of like new or like not as confident at that kind of thing. And and then I saw what you could do, and it really it got me motivated to. I remember it the other way. I remember seeing your stuff and being like, because I really <laughs> didn't I didn't study photography. Uh, I'd taken some photo classes in high school and a little bit in college, but. In college, since I was in the film program, our photo classes were for non-majors. So it was very basic and really, you know, just kind of good vibes all around. Right. So, yeah. Um, right. so yeah, it wasn't. I didn't start shooting until '06 or so on on stills, at least, and then saw a lot of your stuff and was like, oh, because street photography came, or whatever you want to call it, came <laughs> yeah. or whatever you want. You know, to call I just yeah, like I bought a yeah. camera. I started shooting with my girlfriends, like point and shoot, and bought myself mm-hmm. an SLR, and just instinctively figured, well, I should just walk around and shoot things that I see from the hip, and that'll be just how I take pictures, right? And then I saw that you were doing kind of like finer art street photography mm-hmm. and more of the like, <laughs> you know, and that led me down the rabbit hole of. Yeah, like, we were coming from different places, but kind of, yeah. And up. then you fell in love over street Aww. photography. <laughs> Tom, Tom's okay. <laughs> He's fine. <laughs> but but so so. Your profession, though, is you're a director of photography. 
So you work more on the motion side of things, right? Yep. <clears throat> I heard you explain your relationship uh -huh. with photography once and what you do for work and how, how that's separated. Um, yeah, well, I do... I love cinematography, and I, I'm very happy and lucky that that's my career. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that the majority of my jobs are creatively fulfilling. They're all great, and, and I'm, I love what I do, but, uh -huh. you know, a lot of them are interviews, and a lot of them are, you know, just kind of Cut stuck with the space that you're... It's a lot of right. problem-solving. You're a tool. You figure out how to make the best out of what you're given. Um, and street photography is, like, the kind of release at the end of the day where I walk to the train... I'll take an extra, you know, 10 laps around a couple of blocks, shoot a little bit, then when I get home, I get to relax in front of the computer. <laughs> so that's like, you know, the fine art side of things, whereas right. work is an art form, but it's not necessarily for the sake of the art of it. It's because someone right. needs a project shot, and I'll be that guy that shoots it. Right. I mean, a lot of I think a lot of people get into street photography that way to kind of... I don't know. It's like a creative outlet. I mean, that was definitely for me, too. We'd go out after work and, like, just shoot a bunch in L.A. And then, you know, I, I mean, I didn't really even realize what I was doing. I was completely ignorant of all photography. <laughs> like, so it wasn't until I stumbled into hardcore street photography that those guys, you know, basically pointed me in the right direction. Mm -hmm. You know, in public, Magnum, all those guys. And then on the Internet, bam, and you can look at all that stuff like really fast. You can go to the library, check out books, and then, oh, I get this. And I just like that it was, you know, when I was first starting, it's like, I can do this. Because coming back from trying to be a writer and writing screenplays, mm -hmm. like, it's a blueprint, right? Exactly. It's not, it's not the art. And then you finish it, and it's like, well, what do you do with this? This sucks, you know? I can't. <laughs> no, am I yeah. ever going to see this, like, realize? Probably not. So I wanted something that was immediate. Totally. So photos was, like, I can go and I can get these photos and then exactly the same thing. You can put them up on it, bam, and you've got something. You can see it and mm -hmm. it comes right back at you, you know. So that was like the initial impulse too, like for me. So it's, I have a feeling that there's a lot of people and even a lot of people in hardcore street photography were like, you know, maybe like late 20s, early 30s and they're kind of looking for like a creative outlet and they all go to street, which is weird. I wonder why. Hmm. Is it just because of the, I think it has to do this is kind of my theory of this, is that when you start taking pictures, you, you snapshots of, like, your friends and kind of that stuff, mm -hmm. right, to meet around you, and then maybe you start taking stuff around your apartment, or, like, then yeah. you're like, this is kind of boring, I need some action. And then you can just walk out your door, and, like, there's the action. It's like, it's, it's like the baseline, it's kind of like the, you know, where photography be begins, really, is, like, going out and, like, taking those pictures. What you know. Yeah, it's document. Yeah, it's mean, documenting. It, it, yeah, if, it's, exactly. if you, I mean, I wonder what it's like for people that don't live in cities. I wonder if they don't find street photography oh. as quickly as we do, or as we did, right. as you and I did. Because well, it's, I shot. You know, the immediacy of it is what it is. I shoot yeah. what I see, and I, I really love where I live, and I feel like I see a lot of interesting things throughout mm -hmm. the day, and they're not necessarily all like witty or of note, but they're everything looks good. You know, I live in a very interesting <laughs> yeah, looking yeah, place, yeah, and yeah. the light is always interesting, and the you know the angles are always interesting. So. It's it's kind of a fun game to just have some sort of immediate, like it's almost like a video game. You can just try and catch what you see, make it look as good as what you saw or better, right? And then put it in your computer and see if you can tweak it. Yeah, make it even I mean, a when bit I sh I basically, I mean, I don't know if this is my official retirement from street photography, <laughs> but I'm pretty much done with it. At least shooting 35 kind mm -hmm. of stuff, like in the city. Um, but that it's just the aesthetics that I don't want. I got to the point. I have a feeling I probably have said this before, but like I got to a point Only where in passing. But like I got to, I feel like I just got to a point where I asked myself, well, why, 
why am I photographing these people? So I moved beyond kind of like the aesthetics, which I think are cool. Mm -hmm. and I love, you know, the moving masses, the Winogrand, like that kind of like game of trying to put everything into place. Like that's to me what I really like. But for me, the deeper I kind of like looked into and looked into my work, why I asked myself, why are you photographing these people? Because mm -hmm. kind of when you get beyond that, it's like it goes into that. There is this level of documentation where you become my social documentary photographer. I'm like, I asked myself, no, I'm not. Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of like, there, I had to come to that point where I was like, is this, is this something I want to keep doing? And like the, 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 the aesthetics of it just weren't, it wasn't worth kind of like going out and doing it because it is so hard, you know? It can definitely yeah. get repetitive. Yeah. I, I yeah. do feel that I will look back at at least this, you know, close to decade mm -hmm. of, of the beginning of my, I guess, photography career and realize like, oh wow, that stuff all looks very similar to itself right. because yeah. you've been walking the same streets for a long time and you, right. you switch up one or two variables at a time, either the camera or the lens <laughs> right. or yeah. you know, my, my positioning slightly, but generally, and I've, I think I've come to grips with that because I really am not setting out to be a fine art photographer. It'd be great right. if that's what ends up happening or uh -huh. at least there ends up being some sort of posthumous appreciation for my work. <laughs> right, right, right. But, um, but generally I'm just trying to like I feel antsy if I haven't. If I've seen something interesting or something that's unique looking, especially faces. Like I like people's faces. I try and shoot tighter than a lot of people do. Um, yeah, I think I mean looking at your stuff, a lot of it too, I kind of break a lot a lot of street photography can be broken down into the tropes. You got, you know, your juxtaposition within the city environment, you got yeah, yeah. your moving masses where people are all moving, and then you kind of fall into that candid street portrait. Mm -hmm. Where you want, like, you focus on the one individual, and it's kind of them in the environment. So it's that candid, like, that's what I call them. So, like, it is really, you know, they are these, like, portraits in the flow of the city, you know? Yeah, I kind of see it as portrait photography. They just don't realize it, you know? Like I, and, and I right. think, you know, if the camera were turned on me, like, I think it would be very interesting for there to be something that has, like, very nice photographic qualities right. to it, has nice light, has, like, you know... Seems successful as a photograph, but uh -huh. was just something that was kind of stolen from me while I was walking around right, the city. And, right, right, And it exists out there, and I didn't even realize it. Right. Uh, um, but you, so explain to even though I have, you know, my day job consists of talking about gear and looking at gear all day. <laughs> when Tom started explaining what you're shooting with now, I was like, well, I don't get this. So why don't you explain? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I mean, so you're using the Sony, right? But uh, what... Yeah, I've been using, I've been shooting, I mean, I switch up cameras what is every it, year or so. Anno, 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 oh, the anamorphic stuff anamorphic that I've been doing. Stuff, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, that's very recent. The that's last more couple unique of to Josh. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, I shoot roughly 35, 40 millimeter, 50 mm -hmm. millimeter, somewhere in that range. I'll, you know, shoot within a range of five to 10 feet away from me, and I'll shoot kind of wide open on the aperture. And, right. And that's kind of the intimate little look that I, that I go for. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've been, recently I bought a, um, an anamorphic adapter. Uh-oh. No oh, what's going on here? <laughs> Howdy. This will be fun. Are you guys recording? Yeah, we're live. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I know all these people. Give me a second. This is going to be fun. Keep it rolling. Oh, we are on the roll. On the I just roll. can't go far. Josh Kessler knows everyone. Hi, everybody. Uh, we grew up with Josh. These are all. Uh, <laughs> nice. Not even. Uh, uh, no, no, don't worry about it. Yeah. The best part about this, this is this is Ellis Rochelson over here. Oh, hello. Who I've known for a very long time. 
I took I took headshots of Ellis years ago. <laughs> oh wow, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, very funny. <laughs> All right. Well, nice. Uh, now we have an audience, Josh. Uh, it's true. New York is a small world. This, this is proof that Josh just knows everyone. I, I get around. I, I have so many weird <laughs> social connections that keep coming back to you. Yeah, there are a bunch. Nice, nice. Um, so we were talking with the, the lens. Oh, so the lens, yes. So, um, I'm, I'm new to anamorphic lenses and figuring out how they work and historically how they were used in film. And basically the general gist of it is that there were lenses or some attachments that went on the front of lenses that would squeeze the light that was coming in and hitting the film or the sensor now. Uh, and then you would, that was a way of kind of squeezing extra resolution onto a frame of 35 millimeter film and then you would squish it in post. Okay. And that's why you would get a wider screen okay. framing on, on old film than they initially did all of the like, you know, early wide widescreen stuff. Um, so there are a lot of films that are still shot with these lenses. Um, there are some unique qualities to it besides it being wider. It also will introduce kind of ovular bokeh and kind mm -hmm. of weirder, dreamy kind of looking backgrounds. Yeah. So uh, a company makes one of them that was fairly affordable and I've been using it on top of this 40 millimeter lens that I have. Yeah. And, and it's great, it's, it's a weird process because you shoot squished, everything uh -huh. looks squished on the camera. That's great. <laughs> right. And then, sure. and then you, you bring them into the computer and for me, I guess just because of the way Lightroom and Photoshop works, it's kind of backwards. I'll mm -hmm. color correct them while they're still squished mm -hmm. and then bring them into Photoshop and stretch them back out. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like processing. It's like yeah. I don't really get to see what it looks like until the very end of it. Yeah, but see, to me, that there it is. Yeah, this is which your, is, this which is, is your, cool. But I mean, this is your, I mean, to me, like I, you know, I photographer sketchbooks, so I'd studied a lot of process and how they get to where they get to and like mm -hmm. that transition from a starting point to where this is like your transition point it's like you like you got you know how to make the moment you know how to make the street you know what you're looking for and now you're applying like your technical knowledge and like bringing the two together and you can tell just the way he even like talks about it it's like applying that so i have a feeling this is like your transition phase into something where you can take it you know beyond and this is like almost all photographers like get into this too you know it's like some little little technical experiment or some accident, you know, that mm -hmm. you find and then it's like, damn, yeah. I'm gonna go down like that path, you know? Yeah, I've always been kind of chasing a cinematic look for, for my photos, which is also, you know, why I've been shooting wide open street photography right. for as long as I have. And a lot of people kind of don't in conventional wisdom says to be yeah. at an F8, not the be F8, at an yeah, F14 yeah. or 1.8. Mm -hmm. um, so I've kind of taught myself how to do that for so long over the years just to make things look more cinematic and then realized, right. oh, the more I'm working as a professional DP yeah. and learning more about video and cinematography, uh -huh. I'll be like, okay, well, what other qualities make things look cinematic? Uh -huh. um, and there's, you know, there's definitely a good amount of cinematic, candid photography out there. Right. But a lot of it is, is long lens stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, exactly. it's a lot of Japanese exactly. stuff in exactly. like Shibuya or wherever. Where yeah, but like uh, Lorca de Corsia. Have you looked at Lorca yeah, de exactly. Corsia? Of course. It's yeah. gorgeous. I mean, that's, I mean, to me, and this is another problem of street photography, and this Noah kind of brought this up when we were talking about it, was like, you know, Lorca de Corsia basically showed you that, you know, you, and Jeff Wall, like, you can set it up and it's going to look exactly the same. You're not going to know. So, like, what's really the point of doing it candidly? Obviously, mm -hmm. there's a more existential kind of like reasoning you can say that, but. You know, I think there are, you know, there's something to be said about the aesthetics too of like, you know, he can make it look that way. So I think, you know, I think you're onto something, but if you kind of, 
I don't know. You're gonna have to like dig it. You're gonna have like I don't think you can do it without like acknowledging Lorca de Corp. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think the difference with with a lot of the stuff that is just that I'm I'm still very active uh-huh. when shooting. Mm-hmm. It's a it's like I don't produce. I don't think about where right. I'm going. Mm-hmm. I don't know where where the subjects are, where I am. Right. It's just moving myself around within a space towards the people that look good uh-huh. or towards the light that looks good and bringing the camera to where it needs to be. Right. So there's no pre-production to anything, right, which I right. guess is the difference between like Lorca to Yeah, of course, of is, course is you're like not the, sitting up, but I mean like... Know, why and I, and I'm wa- I move at a yeah. pretty quick pace while shooting. You know, it's, so I think there's kind of the, the game of it for me or the challenge of it for me is to keep it moving, not look through the lens, yeah. not do any of the kind of pre-production that I do uh-huh. for work. <laughs> just kind of feel the moment and then yeah. still walk away with something that looks cinematic. So, but you, you just do it all through the screen? Uh, no, I shoot blind. You shoot blind, yeah. really? Wow! I shoot. I shoot from the hip without looking. I'll I'll, oh. I'll peep every once in a while to check. Wow, the sheep togs um, are not gonna like this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He can but, yeah. he can hit yeah, yeah. focus better right, than anyone right. I, I know. Uh, yeah, I've, I've <laughs> you know I guess maybe coming from a video background, my body is just like another sort of. Steady yeah. cam or tripod or whatever, and I just yeah. need to move myself to where the picture is. I, yeah, I, I have no dogma about this. Um, so, I mean, I don't. I, mean, I, I yeah. rarely look through the lens. I'm always. I love using the screen, and like, yeah, that's just. <laughs> I'll peek every once in a while. You yeah. know, the screen will flip up. Now that the, the cameras have flip up screens, I'll I'll take a look just right. to kind of gauge, um, you know, angle if I'm aiming up too high. But but the roaming. So the flow. What I'm catching is like the flaneur aspect. The roaming around and being in motion is. Like, and we talk about that all the time. Walking and like how that. That's super creates important. A different I feel very of, yeah. weird if I'm not. Yeah, uh, yeah. If I, I mean, it's also I guess maybe I'm just shy or whatever. But I don't uh, want to get caught. I want to. <laughs> you know, I just I pretend I'm not shooting and yeah. I I walk around and I kind of have a good sense of this. I've just been doing the same sort of photography for so long mm-hmm. now. I guess that I've kind of hit a stride. And you always you stick to Manhattan. Um, I don't really no. I'll, I'll shoot in Brooklyn. I'll shoot wherever I am. Uh-huh. I don't ever really go out. I guess because I'm busy working most right. of the time on other things, I don't go out to shoot. Uh-huh. Um, I'll go out to run errands, and I'll think about where I'm running errands and what time I eat. Day <laughs> run errands, right. well, that's and, I'll, and I'll do things like that. You know, like Especially in Brooklyn, I live in mm-hmm. Winter Terrace and near, I like Fifth, South Fifth Avenue and Park Slope, and I've shot around there a bunch okay. for, over the years, and I'll, you know, there's a, there was a, uh, a photo developing place on Fifth Avenue that we used to go to a lot. Uh, They're, yeah. moving. Oh, They're moving. Okay. They're moving? Yeah, Shana, apparently, my wife, Dropped off a roll maybe two years ago and never picked it up, and they called her to let her know to, that she should come pick up a roll because they're moving. Where are they moving? I don't know yet. So your wife is but a photographer, right? She's she's an artist. She's a fine artist. She's the the real yeah. fine artist out of yeah. the two of us, and she uh, she's well, you done. You can tell everyone who she is. We'll Shana like Shana Siegel, yeah, yeah. her okay. uh, or Shana Siegel Kessner, I guess now that we're married. Her right. her website is ShanaSiegelArt.com. And she's uh, good. We should link to the video you did of the paintball. Yeah, things. she's been doing these okay. these paintball portraits, painting with a paintball gun. Oh, really? And uh, so I made a video. I went and documented her for a couple of oh, days. Oh, that's cool. And made a, a making of sort of a thing. That's um, nice. Which is fun. You know. Yeah. So if so, what do you do? Like, okay, obviously this is you know, if you're the D, your DPs, your career. What do you how what do you move up? How do you move up? You want to shoot a film? Is like this is what you want to do, or are you kind of like you like being the working? I don't know. I don't understand yeah. the world, so I'm like, what is, what's the career trajectory? Trajectory. Um, trajectory. <laughs> Just edit in that last version that yeah, he said, exactly. and it'll sound. Trajectory. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. I, 
I don't love the idea of being on something too big. Uh huh. Just because it's so much pre-production and so many moving parts and so many, like it, I, I like getting my hands dirty. So the level of shoots that I do now, I'm happy with. You know, I don't have to do. I don't often know what I'm working on uh -huh. until a couple of days beforehand. So okay. it's kind of more fly by the seat of your pants, and right. you know, I, I like that energy to it of of being told, okay, this is your location, this is what you're shooting on, these are your lenses, this is what you have, uh -huh. these are your lights, make something happen out of it. So, right. so I like that, and I like that it's you know, easy enough that I can take the subway there and just kind of show up for So that's very cool. You know, I'd yeah. like to do some more narrative stuff. Every time I do something, you know, I'm reminded why it's tough working <laughs> in the like yeah. lower budget indie kind of world. Right. Uh, and I'm not that interested in going union and being like okay. a DP on like a big a big set right uh, now, but I don't know, I guess I'll get tired of this at some point. I was scared off of the union track when I was like young and straight out of college, because uh -huh. I realized that for at least a few years I'd be loading film mags. I mean, I guess I didn't realize how much digital would take over, but right. at the time, it was like the first jobs I could get was you'd load film magazines uh -huh. on, on shoots, and that's like a high-stress job. That's a lot <laughs> yeah, of money yes. in your hands, yeah. and it's not at all what I wanted to be doing. Right. So I understood the idea of putting in your time, and you know, there's a reason that it has the course track uh -huh. that it does. But the um, you know the next step up from there is like you know having a slate and right, know, pulling right, focus right. And, and like all of these things that are not nearly as interesting as having a video camera in my hand and uh -huh. shooting something. Oh, I didn't want to do news, but I wanted to like have a camera in my hand and yeah. be told. So like, you kind of like I mean I think that's interesting because. I'm kind of the same in my day. I like the busyness of like just the nitty gritty of putting things together and yeah. like you're that you have like a kind of like a straight focus of here's the job, we put this together and you keep going. Mm -hmm. I mean, it took me a while to kind of get to that point where it's like, yes, I'm really into, you know, this. And like I'm basically like in, you know, managing editor, so I'm dealing with like content and I like doing but I like that position where you're kind of like working with designers, you're working with writers, you're yeah, this. it really to me like it just keeps keeps me going and like it you know I, I absolutely love what I do and like thinking about the technology and the gear and all that stuff so it like it fits perfectly but I I kind of see like the same thing it's like there's a zen of just being in in the work you know what I mean I'm yeah you have to turn you have you to know? turn yourself on yeah. it's like a, it's really a switch and it's nice that you can turn yourself off like that's mm -hmm. why I like it versus spending you know three months on a film where right. you're living and breathing this on location with a crew. I mean, there's something really awesome about that, uh -huh. but I really like the fact that I can show up at work, turn into like a different person than I was yeah. on the train right yeah, over, exactly, yes. be kind of in charge, have yeah. like a laser-like precision, and figure out exactly what needs to happen in like usually not enough time. Yeah, you and gotta be good. <laughs> you, like, <laughs> you, just, you learn to be good. But yeah. I was just saying, it's yeah. like you gotta be a professional. It's like yeah. it's something That's like I never, I never, <laughs> yeah. like when you're in your 20s, I don't know how you guys are, 30s now, right? Yeah, okay. yeah early, <laughs> early, early, early 30s. Uh, yeah. All right, so we're like, but like in the 20s, being a professional, it's like, oh, you don't want to be, I don't know, but like there's something, the older I've gotten, there's something like very fulfilling of like, yes, I'm a professional at this and like I can, I know what to mm -hmm. do and I can solve the problems and, you know, it's it's very rewarding knowing that you can, can do that. Because I think when you're younger, you don't have that like confidence in your abilities because you're learning and you're figuring out which what you're into and you're learning your sure. craft or whatever it is. Maybe it's the same thing with like no, I, photography I've, as well too. I don't know. I felt that way when I turned thirty. Uh -huh. Just 
things that I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. right you, like, you cut out a lot of fat and you were like, I got to yeah. figure out what I'm doing here because yeah. I only got so many Tom's the one getting all <laughs> depressing on us. Normally, uh, it's going to be me. Yeah, yeah, Tom's bringing the Tom, podcast. You, not, <laughs> not really, but you do. Yeah, yeah, you usually bring us there. Oh yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, <laughs> the, the, I'll be. I'll be the the chipper and cheery one. Um, I don't feel too old, but I've been. I've been cantankerous since I was like 21. It's more, it's more <laughs> New York. It's the New Yorkiness. Yeah, I want to. I want to get something done here before I get out. Oh, uh, well, that's... You get out of New York? Well, you, yeah. Why would you ever do that? That's, right? yeah. We, we agree that? to disagree on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're from here, yeah. I couldn't leave. I don't you know. You couldn't? I, I don't... I, I, I mean, I to me, I'm like... For a lot know. of reasons, I couldn't leave. I just don't want to. I don't know where else I would go. Yeah. I mean, my only thing is like, okay, if somehow, you know... I don't play the lottery or somehow, <laughs> like, I just walked into my room and like, okay, you've got, like, millions of dollars... Then I would like travel around, and I'd be all yeah, into that. Yeah, travel and moving away are two different things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> travel, travel is. I would love to travel more. <laughs> Europe has plenty of airports. Yeah, but I wouldn't. And I travel yeah. for work a lot. It's just uh, never particularly interesting places. <laughs> yeah. Or at least I'm a jerk and don't find the places interesting. Yeah, I've, oh. so I've been in like I'm in like I've been in New York since 2009. I think I've left like five times. Maybe. Uh-huh. And like I went home a couple times, and I went to LA once. And he's never been to New Jersey. I've never been to New Jersey. That's impressive. I mean, or sorry, is it sorry, New Jersey. Well, I don't know. Well, I wanted to. I I'm, want to go to New Jersey. I want to go upstate too. I want to go to Boston. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love. I love New it's York. I love. It's I love everything that's around New York as far as the, what you can get to within a couple right. hours drive. I mean, we go. We run away for New Year's with with our friends every year. We go rent a house somewhere upstate or in the Berkshires or wherever. Like uh-huh. it's New York is definitely big and loud and noisy and. Dirty, but it's not that far from other things. <laughs> no, I mean that's why I kind of like yeah, living in Queens though too, is because it's kind of you know I come into Manhattan and then I don't know like there's times even now where I show up in parts of Lower Manhattan I'm like where am I? This is because totally. you know that's that's oh, the, completely. But that's the best thing about New York. It, it is literally thousands of different cities. Yes. It's not. I mean that it actually I think the longer you are in New York, the more New York expands, and you realize <laughs> like it's this giant enormous like. Like, like labyrinth of worlds going oh, on, sure. and like sometimes you intersect with those different worlds in weird ways. The next thing you know, you're at this yeah. place, and you're like, I'm in the Upper West Side, and there's like a Baldessari on the like, yeah. well, what is going on? You That's know another I mean? reason yeah. I love freelance film production yeah. or video production or whatever I, I do, TV production, is that I show up at different places all the time, and like it's cool. I get yeah. to, you know, I'm not interested in a lot of the topics of things that we shoot, but it's cool that I get to like play with them for a day at a time. Right. You know? I end up shooting a lot of stuff with fighters for Spike TV and oh, wow. MMA stuff and you know slow motion stuff of guys boxing and like that's all really fun to shoot. I personally don't like it. Uh, I don't like boxing. You don't like and MMA? No, I'm not into I'm a I don't like violence. I was I'm, into I'm, it in LA. <laughs> I mean but I get so it. I had I mean I always have to say this every time yeah. when I talk about MMA. It's like I watched it a lot in LA because I had a friend, these guys were big into it and they were into the philosophy too. He's like uh, the MMA, this type of fighting is like two guys beating the shit out of each other in the most spiritual way possible. Yeah. And it's a very eloquent way to like say it because they actually do kind of like care about the welfare of each other. They're good guys. I've, and, like, a lot of them. I've done a lot of interviews. They're yeah. all really like, they're good guys. But it's, it's like there's, there like, is that manifestation strange. of violence in its kind of like pure form for just violence. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So there's sort of an art to it. Yeah, I just would wince too much if I were really watching it. But <laughs> shooting them train is a lot of fun. Right, right. All right, I think we're, uh, we're going to take a quick break, then we're going to come back and talk about some books. 
So we're back and we're looking at a picture of Jeff Mermelstein that Josh took that we'll put up on the Tumblr. You didn't even know you were photographing him. No, no, I, I, I walk pretty briskly when yeah, I Yeah, I mean, how would you know? So, I, yeah, I walked, you know, and a lot of people have cameras, yeah, yeah. and it's like a small little black Leica, so I didn't really realize uh -huh. it. And then I got, I think I may have been like looking at the photos on the back of the camera on the train ride back to Brooklyn, uh -huh. and I was like, that really looks, that guy looks like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, that guy right. looks, So how did you does. find out who he was? I, I know, I, you know, I'm vaguely familiar with his work and everything I've seen I've really oh, liked. Okay. And, you know, I mean, I've seen videos, there's like a really good video yeah, of him yeah, shooting, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was like kind of a, whenever I saw that for the first time a few years uh -huh. ago, it was a good moment for me, kind of like, oh, other people are weirdos. Like there are other, <laughs> right, right. like I know there are other street photographers, but I'd never seen people uh -huh. in the action of doing it. So seeing this video of him kind of, you know, creeping around Bobbing midtown, down. like yeah, it was kind yeah. of reassuring. Like, I oh, know, people do this, this is not, you're not the only sniper. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can no, I normally it's normally easy to spot the guys who know what they're doing. The shorts are amazing. <laughs> normally give them a dirty look. Yeah. What's great about this photo is that I posted it on Flickr and somebody commented like, Oh, he's got a Fuji. <laughs> no. He's got an X Pro one. No. I wonder if he's shooting digital yet though. I don't know. I don't Maybe. know. I No, no, because that's a I don't think so. M6. We we saw him at M7. the Ken Schles opening, and he was just around taking pictures with his Leica. I don't. Yeah, he's rocking the X Pro. Yeah. No, that's not an X Pro. Dude, never try. I mean, the people who comment on photography like, <laughs> stuff online, you just got to kind of ignore yeah. them. No, the numbers are good for the ego, but that's pretty much all. <laughs> that's like the only the only reason for it. So we brought a few. I brought a few books. I would dug into my street photography collection. We got street photography now which was the uh, co-author of Photographer's Street Books, which I worked on with Stephen McLaren. He, this was his first book that he did with Street Photography Now, which was a big hit. Mm -hmm. Kind of like his, his him and uh, Sophie Horwith, hopefully I'm saying her name right, but um, you know, they wanted to try to capture that, what's been going on the last 10 years, you know, since the eruption of the internet and street photography is kind of like taken off, so they wanted to put together a nice compendium of, you know, some contemporary people that are out there pushing the genre. And they did an excellent job. I mean, it's really, if you look to the people that kind of get talked about a lot, they really they really kind of nailed them. And, and Steven's really dialed into the street photography community, and he knows, I mean, he's a great street photographer himself. So that book, it's a great book. You when know, was it published? This was, I mean, it's got to be Recent. going on four years now. Yeah, three or four, probably four or five years now. Mm -hmm. Two, four, and eleven. You know, a lot of the in public guys are in there. Matt Stewart. Um, so yeah, so this is kind of and the reason we, you know, where is street photography now? I guess this is like answers that question, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe agree, don't agree, anyone? Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of different definitions, and it's a term that. I don't necessarily feel comfortable using either. Well, you're really trying to like get this out of me, aren't you, Tom? Well, I yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think you have a lot of. You lot want of me? Up. You want? Okay, it's a bad brand. Okay, so my my theory <laughs> yeah, is, is that I'll, street I'll photography has become a bad brand, and like, I love I love the entire philosophy of candid photography at its core. Yes, I'm behind it. Yes. But the way people, and it, this started with. Um, the first book that was done by Colin Westerbook and, and Marowitz called Bystander, like the history of street photography, where they really kind of defined it as this history and a lot of street photographers go and they like they pull that apart. And like I think that kind of solidified the term. Mm -hmm. But on the internet, it just takes on this whole catch-all 
of everything. And it doesn't, it's just been so like distorted and twisted over the last few years that, I don't know, it has almost formed into like this cult, cultish behavior of people that are like dogmatically believe that this is the only way to look at the world. This is like the ultimate kind of form of photography. And for a long time I was like, yeah, I was behind that. But then you realize- (laughs) It's been diluted. No, but it's not even that. It's like you realize why are you so dogmatic about these Why should there be any brand if it's rules? what you see? Yeah. That's the only way I see it. It's like yeah. why, why should there be any aesthetic right. to street photography if everyone sees the world But then what happens and, and, is like it snowballed. So then you got like you know, books like this coming out and then you got like the exhibitions and people that use it on the brand and people want to know what's going on in street photography. And then it, you know, it really... And the web is weird that way too of how even SEO and these sort of different things, how people play with like the terminology and they, you know, they use it for different marketing purposes. And it's like, oh, yeah. I'm an international street photographer or whatever. And it's kind of like, no, you know. And most, I feel like most of like the real kind of passionate street photographers that I know, like, no, I'm just a photographer and like I make candid pictures. You yeah, know? you shoot what you see. You shoot, you're a photographer yeah. and you shoot what you see. I mean, I guess you can go out yeah. looking for the streets, but I mean, the stuff that's weird to me is that I guess the, the word street itself has such a kind of gritty connotation. <laughs> right, right. And, and there's so much of that attitude in the world of street photography yeah. online, especially. Yeah, it's the much And like, I'm, not, I'm not interested in that. Like, yeah. I don't want to. I mean, sometimes I take unflattering pictures of uh-huh. people, but it's not my intention. And I try right. not to post things that are like too grotesque. And right. there are a lot of people that do really good stuff that involves, you know, trash on the ground and uh-huh. dogs and, you know, this kind of grittiness of like what's on the grounds of New York, uh-huh. what's on the floor when you're walking around. Yeah. Um, but that stuff also just doesn't really interest me as much because I like right. the idea of trying to make what you see look pretty or right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, not, yeah. not like beautify things, yeah. but like use the qualities that are inherent to a camera and a lens, like a sensor and a lens and mm-hmm. play with those elements. Those are your variables. Like the person's gonna be yeah. standing in front of you and you're gonna be in the place that you're in and see what you can to make that moment look a little nice. Right. Um, and I like that more than the idea yeah, of like, that's... well, I gotta get this, I'm, you know, I'm on the streets of New York. I'm like right. hitting the pavement exactly. and exactly. You, need exactly. to see, you need to see some street <laughs> signs that say like, don't park here yeah. next yeah. to a van that's like yeah. crashed and the windows are broken on the ground right, and there's a bum right. next to it. Give like, us a right. pigeon. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I did take a picture of a pigeon yesterday, but it yeah. was just really yeah. because it flew in the way. Um, right. <laughs> no, that's because then it's, it turns into this lifestyle and that's the thing. It's like, I'm a street photographer. It's yeah, I'm life. a happy guy. It's like, I'm but not it, that guy. But it's, al- yeah, it's, it's also weird how they almost incorporate elements of like gangster rap into it, but they don't go all the way with it. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> like they try, they build this persona up of, you know, who I am. It's like I'm on the mean streets of whatever city it is. And they're they're basically are doing what like most like gangster rap is, which is like my name is, where like they're defining like yes. who they are and what their world is and this is my reality. And yeah. it's like they're in, embodying that and like that's that's not really what really good documentary photography is even about, you know? It's not about you, it's really about your ability to see and to communicate what's going on. So I think there's, and you mix into that with social media and the internet and the desire to promote yourself and create this brand, and like well, there's and where it all gets distorted into this bizarre world now of, you know, Street photography yeah. is a bad brand. I don't know what else to say. Like I well, work in marketing. It's, you know? it's to a certain degree. There's a, lo- a level of clickbait, and yeah. you know things that are witty and right. kind of grungy are. You well, know, I don't think easier. They, they they pop. They stand out when you're looking at a 
a bunch of thumbnails. You know, right, you see right. you see a bunch of thumbnails, and you see a bunch of just like pictures of people, and then you see something that has you know some sort of funny juxtaposition mm-hmm. of like someone's legs peeking out from an ad or whatever that right. you know, completes their body. Like there's always you know something like that in that. I so, think. but there is a certain like irony to me saying this too, because now I'll be able to be like. <laughs> We talk street photography on the LPV show. Yeah. Like, come and listen to like, you my, my, cri- my critical on thoughts on street photography. Exactly, right. like that's the thing. Like, oh, you got some. You're not really a street photographer. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in no position to judge either. It's just really, you know, I guess it, what it comes down to is I see what's happening in street photography, or I see a lot of street photography online on Flickr or wherever, and. I'm not that interested in some of it, and some of it's like super, super inspiring, and I'm just jealous of. Dude, everyone, every street photographer. I don't yeah. like it. That's a that that student. There is where you're taking one of the, <laughs> the things from their toolbox. It's like I look at so much like the street photography online, and I don't think it's very good. Like it's not that it's not good. It's yeah, that yeah, I'm yeah. not interested. I guess the weird thing right. for me is that I'm not really interested in photography the way a lot of photographers are because. Right. I didn't come from that background. I never studied it, and mm-hmm. and it's I don't have that yearning in me for whatever reason. It could be mm-hmm. laziness or the fact that I'm busy with other things. But I never really feel the need, even on Flickr, where I'm pretty active with posting. Mm-hmm. I don't look at that many people's stuff that often. Well, like yeah, I, so I don't. I, I'm very narcissistic with my work. I want to keep working on my stuff, yeah. and I like the way my stuff looks. And I know that's like a terrible way to look at art. You should obviously oh, draw inspiration no, from other people. So. But I don't know about that. But it's not. I'm not that. I'm very insular with with the photography. It's not. It's not the work because of the, the cinematography yeah. and the DP stuff and the cameraman yeah, work. You want to make like, that's the work. This stuff should just be the release and the fun, and and I don't take it so seriously. Right. Yeah. You want to make your. Yeah. You're an artist. You want to make the work. I mean, I totally. Like, I think that's. Anytime anyone says that, it's like I'm more interested. Yeah, of course. You know, like, and if you're looking for influences, it's really only the stuff that's going to matter to what you're doing. You leave it to the editors and the curators to kind of figure out exactly. And a lot of it for me is also the gear, which obviously it shouldn't be about the gear. But I see a lot of these other street photographers and how they work. And I have to immediately think of what they're shooting with and how, yeah. and how that affects their actual experience of shooting, yeah, this and whether is, or not that's something well, I could do. Yeah. Like medium format, like I don't know that I could shoot the way that I shoot medium format uh-huh. in a lot of ways. So like I see certain medium format photographers, and I love the work that they do, but I also don't grab as much inspiration from it because right. it's very different from like the immediate small camera work that right. I do. Sure. Yeah, we're running into like the RIT problem as I'm tr- defining it. We which are. Is, like the overly, the overly, overly kind technical. of like technical yeah. and getting really like. It so is. there is a certain like dogmatic. Well, kind but of it affects. I mean, the technology of it does affect how you shoot, and for me, that's like super important. Yeah, is, I mean, but you apply the aesthetic light you on, want. Yeah. Light on your feet. Yeah. So what I've been browsing through Paul Graham's The Presence, and I figure if we're going to talk about street photography, maybe bring the one book that kind of made an attempt to comment on what's going on and push push things a little bit forward. And he, so my interpretation of Paul Graham, the president, basically took, shot in New York for a couple years and... It's all in New York, right? It's all in New York and he wanted to do like these sequences where he would take one photograph and then a minute later he'd take the next one. So it's working in these small sequences and really... So with Paul Graham, what I feel he's saying is like, a, he's, one, he's commenting on the decisive moment and saying for like most street photographers, they don't, there isn't one decisive moment. It comes in this stream and it's up to you mm-hmm. to kind of interpret exactly what you're seeing. But on the other end, he's saying too that the decisive moment, and if you look at that perspective, it, 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 it leans too heavily on making a perfect picture. And he's saying sometimes the photos around the decisive moment are more interesting. 
Mm-hmm. So to me, I feel like this is his comment on that whole like idea of street photography. And he's basically saying like it exists in these stream of moments. So he tried to represent those stream of moments in this book. Whether it's successful, I don't know. This book I'm torn over a lot. Mm-hmm. I do like it from time to time. But a lot of times I'm just like, some of these photos are just not good. Like, I don't know. They're just not interesting. And I understand that he's actually... And this is where Paul Graham's a motherfucker because he knows the way street photographers think. Yeah. Like he understands yeah. that a lot of them aren't like precise or perfect, but it's it's or where they've torn between two pictures from the same place and you have to pick yeah. one. And yeah, and, and, and I they like exist, that idea. And they exist within this context and within this flow of time and that, you know, for a, a photographer who's out there, sometimes it's just that little bubble of like action that's really you feel it and you don't to make to choose something out of those moments seems absurd sometimes, you know? Yeah, I, really I, I, I deal with that all the time. Yeah, I mean, it really is a good book. I mean, it's challenging, though, because I think, specifically on the aesthetics, because I look at them, I'm just, this is, you know, there's a lot of street photographers that have stuff, you know, you go through your whole, like, garbage of stuff, and if you put it in the right context, I guess, you know, it's okay, but... But it was yeah. good at the at Gagosian, I believe it was at Gagosian. The, the prints were really nice and he laid it out well. And I would imagine, I mean, were they very large, the prints? Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I imagine this would really benefit from being seen larger because like there he, is a lot in the details and they're such shallow depth of field. So kind he, of large and he photos. kept it like, so he kept it as if you were on street level too. So he hung them low. Oh, that's smart. So hmm. you walked in, you like, it was as if you were like right on the street looking at the scene. I like that. So that I, was kind of cool. I agree with you about. I, I, you know, a handful of these images I think are just really gorgeous. Yeah. But there is an element, uh, and I, I mean, I guess I'd be. This is the RIT problem. I'd be interested in <laughs> seeing his seeing his process. The camera position is often in a place I don't really want it. Uh huh. Um, just as far, and this is really just going off personal preference uh-huh. of shooting in New York. Like these two images are great because uh-huh. they're looking down an avenue, or right, they're looking right, down right, a block, right, right. and you get that depth, and you really the separation really pops and you uh-huh. get to compress these figures. Then there are other ones where you're really kind of looking into a block and you don't mm-hmm. really get much depth and there's really not very much going on other than yeah. the composition of it right. and sometimes the composition isn't as strong as it could be. Right. I don't know. Um, no, that's interesting. I mean, I think it's... You know, I think it's... Like, I love this idea and I definitely share it. Mm-hmm. I do... You know, I shoot on crosswalks a lot, mm-hmm. and often the light is best in crosswalks, and I will cross a street, and I'll get two or three really great shots mm-hmm. in that five seconds. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, shit, okay, which one is the good one? <laughs> right, and they're right, all good. Right, right, I know that they're right, all good, yeah. and I can get away with, like, well, maybe I'll post this, like, in a month on Flickr. I'll post the other one mm-hmm. so that, you know, no one will really realize that I took two good photos right after another. But <laughs> there is this weird re- repetition of it's, it. It's like, well, I, no. <laughs> like, there is no good. There is just context, right? I don't know. Like, every... If you, if you take it all as, like, pure data and pure information, mm-hmm. it's like a stream of stuff. So you can take... If you have, I have, like, 40,000 images in my archive. So, like, I could cut that up a myriad of different ways. Totally. How can you cut this up by, like... Oh. like Place, time, like style, color, like oh, concepts. Like yeah. you take different con. So to me, like you can look at the totality of everything you're doing. Then, and that's where you get into conceptual photography and why I'm actually more into conceptual photography because mm-hmm. I like coming up with the ideas and then taking where I can use the images and apply it to that idea. Now, you see what I'm saying? So that it's beyond the first principles of just 
making the photographs, which I love doing. One of my most favorite <laughs> things in all of the entire universe to do is to like take my Mamiya 7 out and go lose myself for three hours mm -hmm. and make boring old black and white landscapes. Like, like as traditional as it gets. That's what I would like to do. I love it. I would love to be Robert Adams is a god, a saint, like one of the greatest oh, photographers that's that would, ever lived. That would drive me crazy. Right? Like that is the stuff <laughs> I, I love. I can the landscape for the, for the life oh, of Oh man, <laughs> I go out to Long Island and I just walk around the suburbs and walk around there and I'm in bliss. I mean, that's this great. is like, what the hell, you know? So like I'm totally involved in the existential aspect of making the photographs, but so much of my time is spent on the internet behind the computer and then just thinking about photography where it's like all the ideas and all that stuff has to go somewhere and not to apply it to what I'm doing, mm -hmm. then I'm just like kind of wasting like my mental energy, right? I you mean, know? that's the internet for you, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, I spend yeah. I spend tremendous amount of time reading about, you know, technology and, you know, not necessarily yeah. gear lust or anything like that, but just, you know, where things are going yeah, and yeah, what yeah. I'll be able to do in a year with the technology that's coming out. And I spend so much time on that stuff. And, you know, it definitely feeds into what I do professionally right. to a certain degree, but it's... I mean, it's a lot of wasted time where I could be shooting or editing or yeah, but I'm know. always thinking of photography. Like mean, that's the nice thing of the job. I in some way or another, like I'm it's thinking about related. photography, yeah. like twenty four seven, books, day job, like uh, gear, and like how do you you know do that stuff? But yeah, so like at some point you kind of get this thresh get to this threshold of you know just making the pictures isn't good enough. Like I love editing. I love trying to put together the book. Like that's you know, and I, I agree that that's not for everyone. It definitely is not. It's a different type of mentality to sit mm -hmm. and edit and tinker around. And but to me, like going out and making the pictures is has only become like one aspect of it. And I think that's maybe why I drifted away from street photography a little bit because it's like I just don't have to be out there it's making popcorn. these pictures. It's yeah. I mean, you keep doing it. You keep eating it. And yeah. it's like you're <laughs> it's not popcorn. full. It's popcorn. I mean, it's great, and yeah, I love that about popcorn. it. Because yeah. for me, it's perfect. Because I spend my brain and energy on other things and work and things like that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's, yeah, it's a great release for me. I definitely, and you know, the convergence of video and and uh -huh. stills and the fact that, you know, the same lenses and same cameras can be used for both, like that's been a great thing for me because yeah. I can, you know, keep buying gear and keep using it for multiple uses and, you know, use the same camera that, that I use for street photography for making a documentary about stuff. You know, and, and like, like that's, that's a... That's great. Like, the fact that yeah. I'm never... Lim I guess as someone who's got two minds, one video and one stills, it's great having nothing standing in the way of me doing either of those things at any given moment. Right. Like, I was, I was landing at LaGuardia. I was on a travel job, and yeah. I was landing at LaGuardia, yeah, and it was, it was right after that um, the, the Delta. Delta flight had mm. skidded off the runway. Mm. We were actually in the air when that happened, so they landed us, they emergency landed, or not emergency landed us, but they landed us in Detroit for seven hours ah. instead of coming back to New York because they closed all the airports. So we were the first flight back in after they reopened it at like 7 p.m. that night. Right. And while landing, we rolled right past this crashed plane, <laughs> and it was awesome looking. They were and pulling it out, right? No, they, the it, was still, it was still sitting there. And we're going to have to post this picture. Yeah, yeah, well, it was a video. That oh, was, right, that's so right. So that's exactly, that's the point I'm making, is oh, that there no, was, I thought it was a picture. So I oh, shot, okay. I shot some, like, slow motion video of rolling past it that, you know, ended up looking really, you know, nice, or at yeah, least yeah. I, I thought it looked nice, and nicer than a photo would, because it had this great kind of dollying motion to it, but it was a documentary photograph right, for all right. intents and purposes. Yeah. And I shot that, and it was great, and then I very quickly turned the camera over to stills mode and shot a still or two of it, 
and then afterwards got home, looked at them, decided the video was better than the still, mm. and then posted the video on Flickr, yeah. which I very rarely yeah. do. Oh, come on. I, like, man, I think this is your... But that this was, like, is great. really your hook. I like, I See, like being able to do this that. This is kind of why I do, like, talking to artists, because, like, you don't... A lot of times, you don't even recognize the stuff that you're doing and how you're pushing. Yeah. Like, to me, your whole thing is, like... And I think there's a lot of opportunity with the technology and people don't want to say this and I talk about like the high ISO stuff. Oh, I'm can, all over that. We're like you can Goodness. go you can shoot at F8 in a pitch dark bar without a flash. That is like technically was not possible unless you had a tripod to do that like this is something it. <laughs> no, but to, to it's, I'm saying I've, like to get yeah. everything sharp where you have doing doing the stuff the type yeah. of street photography that I do. I generally I'm giving out my secrets, but I generally keep my my shutter speed around a thousandth of a second right. so that I catch things because I move so fast when I'm shooting. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I can shoot, I mean, it's midtime Manhattan, there's a lot of light when right. it's nighttime, but the fact that I can shoot walking around at nighttime and get great exposures mm-hmm. and get the natural light right, that's bouncing right, right, off right, of people right. from street lights or from windows or whatever, and I can be shooting at ISO 12,800 uh-huh. and get like totally usable, really nice images that you couldn't have gotten five, ten years ago. Like, right. that's great. Yeah. That, that inspires me to go out and shoot when I'm done with work at the end of the day and it's eight o'clock. But what I'm, I'm saying, like, <laughs> I'm saying exactly like, like that. Applying that to then to specifically what you're trying to look at, like, there's the the marriage of like technique and content, right? Like, that's it. So I think. To me, just talking to you and looking at yourself, I think that's this is where you press forward on doing that and like, because that's, I mean, that's where you can kind of like innovate and develop your own style, you know. Something. What? Why? We're gonna watch a video on a podcast? Well, no, I was just. I wasn't trying to draw attention to this. I was just gonna. Good, like, good one, Tom. Ah. We're gonna talk about it. No one can see it. <laughs> I guess can, we're gonna have to play it now. I, I was just gonna. Play we can it. cut this out. Uh, yeah. Why would we do that? We don't cut out anything. I wasn't. Uh, that's a cool looking video. I hope you're all watching it right now as we talk <laughs> about the video and watch it. <laughs> yeah, we're watching uh, Josh arriving back was... in New York City, looking out the window at the Delta. It looks like it's in a snowbank. It is. It's hanging off the edge into the water or over the water, more yeah. or less. Um, it was very. I mean. Whatever. Oh, that's. But that I think that's great. I mean, that's beautiful. Yeah. That, I mean, you should do that stuff all the time. Like, every single day you should do one of those. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm toy- I'm, I've toyed with the idea of, like, doing more now that I have a... Yeah. I mean, a lot of cameras are capable. I guess it's silly to say that I have a capable camera now, but having a camera that'll shoot good video no matter where I am, right. no matter what I'm doing. Like, I'd love to get more kind of snippets. Um, I think you know, that'd I be awesome, man. That James Nair's, like, oh, right, like right, that right. thing, you know, like that sort of stuff I see, and it's like, well, well, shit, I wish I did that. <laughs> and, you know, there's <laughs> definitely was, was, there's definitely more pre-production to something like that. You, you know, rent yeah. the Phantom, I'll rent the Phantom. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you need to rent we'll the Phantom. We'll have some fun. Exactly. No, but there's, to me, like, I... <laughs> but I, I, I will say, that's still very little gear, all things considered, for the, you know, True. the high production value yeah. and... You know, 61 minutes or whatever yeah. of content. <laughs> it's pretty amazing that you it can wasn't do something that like that. One day, like, one day. I, I did like it, but to me, like it wore off a little bit. And it's, but it's, it's, just, long, it's a yeah. lot of. That's the same thing with a lot of conceptual art. And like, I was talking about this last time. Well, you were stuck with the concept. But like you went, but also once you understand the concept, it's like yeah. okay, here's what you're now doing. What? And now what? Yes. You know. Yeah. But that's kind of why I like books is in narrative. Mm. Narrative pulls I, you through story, and then you know, I don't know. Yeah, so I'm no, kind I need, of a narrative I, I'm guy, with you on you know? that. I need to make books. I, I'm. It's a more fully, finite piece. 
Yeah, and yeah. I think, but I love the idea of you being able to mix that video in and stuff. That that's freaking awesome, man. <laughs> like that's you, to do stuff like that and then to have that eye, a photographic eye, and then using like the video sensibility or the aesthetic is. I think there's a lot of opportunity there to tell you the truth. What do you think? Uh, I agree. I've always thought of like, <laughs> what what can you what can I do? I still don't know exactly what it is, but what can I do? With photographs I've taken and video, and like kind of, can I recreate street photography? Uh, can I go back to, especially with metadata and everything, can I yeah. go back to somewhere where I took a photo that I really loved, go there the same time of day, frame up something with someone right. standing there, and use that for narrative purposes? Right. Like, could I make a, could I make a film in which every shot in that film, a narrative film about like uh -huh. whatever, a couple getting divorced or whatever bullshit people want to see. Right, right. Can I do that and have every frame of it be a street photograph that I once took and just recreate that? Oh, that'd Is there, be awesome. I, it's all a little too heady and literal, Oh, come but, on. But please, I think it's perfect. I, I, you know, You're on a photo book podcast. Can I use, yeah, can I use, well, my, can I use my photos as storyboards at some point in my yeah, life? Yeah, yeah. You know, like can I, can I not go on a location scout because I've already done it? Is there a way of... Of kind of looking at the photos that I've taken and and making them into something more rather than just a photo. You know what? I think I, I think those are perfect questions to end the show on. <laughs> thanks, Josh. Yeah, it was thanks. awesome, man. So if any of you listeners have any answers for those questions? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please. Look we'll, me up. we'll put Josh's email address up. <laughs> yeah. He sent us All right. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me. You can go behind the scenes of this episode, see the work of our guests, and the photos we discussed by visiting our Tumblr and lpvshow.com. The LPV Show is executive produced by Brian Formals and co-produced by Tom Starkweather and Eddie Volante. Our score is by Tom Starkweather, who also mixes the show. Thanks again for listening. <laughs> <laughs>